Who is Desiree Shaw? A qualified, registered practicing psychotherapist with over a decade of expertise as a psychotherapist, counselor, and CBT therapist. An expert in men's mental health and relationships. On a mission to make therapy accessible and change the world. One thought at a time. This is the Desiree Shaw Podcast. Hello, welcome. My name is Desiree Shaw. Thank you for listening. I'm a psychotherapist. I'm on a mission to make therapy accessible. Welcome to the Breakup Diaries. And in this podcast, the topic is couples therapy, yay or nay. (laughs) Some people really don't believe in couples therapy, whereas others swear by it. So I'm just going to highlight what it's how it can help, maybe how it might not help, and the misconceptions and the dark side to couples therapy and, you know, what we think we're going to gain from it and how it can help us. So couples therapy, how many people shudder at the thought? It's surprising that the amount of couples struggling within their relationships who simply would not go to couples therapy, even though it could actually help. So many people avoid it because of the fears and the reasons not to. People think, what will the, par- what will the therapist think? They're going to judge me. You know, they're going to judge our relationship. Don't people say the same things about us? There's so much to the thoughts about couples therapy before you actually have it, which hinder us, hinder the process. Truth about couples therapy is this. It will help you do one of two things resolve or a resolution support you to make an amicable breakup or support you towards change and evolution and many of us don't like change many of us like things to stay to stay the same the idea of change is terrible therapy there are many misconceptions about couples therapy It's not easy allowing a third person into your private life, expecting them to judge you and make assumptions about you, about your relationship, about how you live. We don't like that. We don't like that kind of scrutiny. Depending on the relationship we have, some couples opt for a therapist based on their gender or race or religion because the idea is if we get someone similar to us, then they will understand That's not really the case. See, a good therapist is simply a good therapist, regardless of their gender, creed or social standing. It wouldn't really matter if they were in any type of religion because that should never really be... That really doesn't have a place in the therapy room. It doesn't, though, because it's the opinion of somebody else. It's the support you need and the expertise to get you there. Some men feel... backed in a corner and trapped when they go to couples therapy with their female partners and sometimes vice versa you know especially if they're seeing the gender of their partner and not themselves some men if they see a woman and you know they've gone in there with their wife and their girlfriend and they think oh god i'm gonna get in trouble now <laughs> they have an attitude like oh god this is gonna be all about all the bad things i did and two women and oh my no so they they can interpret that they they will they will be ganged up on 
and also vice versa. Women who enter therapy, and there's a man there, and they're with their partner who's male, can sometimes feel like, okay, he's just you're just going to jump on his side. Some people don't feel heard in relationships. So going into couples therapy, meeting the therapist, they decide if that person's going to get their point across or not. So they will want the therapist to be their mouthpiece. That's really common. How many times I've sat in on my couple sessions and I'm sensing that I'm there to take sides <laughs> and then I've got to let you know the couple know I'm on nobody's side and let's work through this using some tools and strategies to support you to communicate. You know, the therapist is not important in being your mouthpiece and a good therapist will see through that because taking sides is not the duty of the couple's therapy. The only time of that an opinion of such will come in is if somebody's actually being harmed in some way, harmed against the law, you know, can't physically hurt someone or cause them distress. So that would be something that you would, as a therapist, stick, get stuck in and ensure that safety is ad- adhered to. But other than that, you're not going to take sides. But often the case for couples therapy is that one person wants it and the other doesn't. That can be very common, you know, where I can sense that this husband has been dragged into the session, you know, being given an ultimatum. (laughs) And when one partner wants the option of couples therapy and sees it as the answer to their relationship problems, that creates another problem right there because couples therapy is not the answer you know it's not the answer it can help you but it's not the answer I'm not saying it's a bad thing not at all on the contrary it can prove really useful you know really supportive but for couples who are divided by the option to take on couples therapy or not now that's a problem big problem because you actually will have a divide and that divides don't help when you're trying to come together. So doing couples therapy will not save the relationship. What it will do for sure is support you to communicate effectively, support you on how to understand and listen to your partner and compromise and work things out. But if only one of you is willing to join in on this, then it simply won't work because it is actually a joint effort. The therapist isn't mar- is not a magician. They're not going to magically make all the problems go away just because you sat down in their room and you decided to talk it out. And one session is not going to do it. <laughs> one session is really not, really not going to do it. You, you would have to be dedicated to this, dedicated to making change happen. You know, it's not an easy fly-by-night situation when you when you embark on the darker side to couples therapy. This is the bit that, you know, I think people are probably mostly scared of, probably are slightly aware of. Some people are, some people aren't. It will open up the doors that have been bolted shut. <laughs> okay, you know those doors that you slammed shut and you're locked and you're vaulted and you won't go there? And those doors, once they're opened, unbolted, they can lead to some skeletons in the closet resurfacing or simply surfacing for the first time. You know, when you open that, that closet that's been shut, that's been 
you know, cemented shut. And then when you open it, you see, you could just hear the <laughs> the skeletons, you know, clanging away in there trying to get out. It may be also, it may bring to light that there are bigger problems in the relationship and may even highlight that it's best you both go your separate ways. You know, that's a fact. You might come and sit down and realize you can't handle this or you don't want to. It's a choice. It's always a choice. You don't have to do anything. Couples who venture into couples therapy often feel that once they have a therapist, then the problem will simply just go away. When actually the problem may be brought to the surface and made very apparent. It's awkward, that moment when you're in a session and you kind of know that problem that you've been dealing with for the last 10 years just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And unless somebody is willing to accept that this is a problem and it's not going anywhere, then the only other option is to end it. Some couples enter and believe that it is their time to name, shame and, you know, belittle their partner, pointing out faults and highlighting all the ugly. You know, the kind of attack in sessions that happens a lot, it doesn't help the relationship, but will highlight the need for dominance and power of one, one of, of one of the parties. It will show the cracks. It will. But we all have cracks because we're only human. We are. And that's another thing. It's opening yourself up to the vulnerability because we don't like to be vulnerable. We like to feel that we're strong and in control. And having a third person come in to your private life can really make you feel that you're not in control. can really be uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. So most people do opt to avoid that discomfort. When there has been a problem arising from one person in the relationship be it gambling or infidelity, parenting, whatever, the other person who may seem wronged, you know, they may advocate for therapy and demand that if they don't go, then it's over. Therefore, leaving the guilty party shamed into going to the therapy and therefore they may even be reluctant to comply, which really is not going to help at all. It's not. If you force somebody to do something, it doesn't mean they're going to do a good job. And actually, something like therapy, if you force somebody to do something, if they're not open to it, no change will happen. You know, some people say to me, oh, I've tried this therapist, that therapist, none of it works for me. That's because you were not open to the change. Yeah, you know, some people blame how many therapists they've gone to. Oh, this person did this person. No, no, no. This is where you've got to take responsibility for yourself. It is actually that you didn't want change to happen. You may be not ready for it. So if you're reluctant to comply, it will not work. And that doesn't mean just following through. That means being open to it mentally and emotionally. Not just saying the words, putting lip service. Couples therapy cannot save your relationship. Only a couple can do that. What the therapy will do is provide you with an opportunity to work together with the support of a professional. The pain of couples therapy is that when the relationship is in a dark place and one person wants it, couples therapy, and the other refuses, 
It can feel that the person who wants it is being rejected by the person who refuses to go. Okay, so you've got to divide. Because of the stigma of couples therapy, there can be an arrogance that lures above the partner who refuses to go. Statements such as, I don't need it. You can. You can go. <laughs> you need it. I don't. They often go buzzing around. Therefore, wedging the gap between the couple even wider. And if somebody's not willing, if you're in a relationship and you think to yourself, let's do this because I want to work towards something and your partner says, no, you go, I haven't got a problem. Well, obviously, (laughs) you've got, there's some problems in the relationship right there. You know, your partner says, you've got a problem, not me, isn't necessarily supportive, actually quite hurtful. So, and that's due to the stigma of it. But then that does create a bit of arrogance. I don't need it. You need it. So you've got this divide, almost a bit of a shame. You need therapy. I don't need therapy. Some people do that, you know, say, oh, you need therapy as if it's a slur, as if it's a bad thing, as if it's something to be shamed about. The world needs therapy. I don't care who you are. You could all do with it. You know, thinking that you don't and that you're above it it highlights a high level of arrogance, which actually depicts that there are some issues going on there. If you can be arrogant about it, then something needs to help you through that because arrogance is pretty ugly. doesn't help a relationship. We base our self-worth in our relationships and feel that if the relationship breaks down, then we're going to be deemed as less than or not good enough or failures. But even worse, that we will be clearly identified as being rejected because that's the problem. You know, it's like going to couples therapy. It's like throwing the last hand grenade. That is the last thing we want, is to be rejected. Because we are only human, and we are seeking acceptance, approval, and not to be rejected. The idea that we have been rejected places us in a state of panic. And we can, we can seem desperate to save the relationship for fear of what people may think. How many times have I heard somebody say they don't want to break up because they don't want what other people are going to think about them? It's pretty sad that we do this, but we do. We really do do this. People come to couples therapy for many reasons, mainly to fix what they have. Truth is, once you enter into it, then the only way is through the process, which will open you up to yourself and your partner. This will lead to another level of intimacy. Intimacy is all about emotional connection and being open and being vulnerable, which may seem extremely daunting because when you're vulnerable, when you're open, you're not in control and you're not in control in the sessions. You know, going to therapy, you don't know what's going to happen and you will be seeking the answer to the overriding question, should we be together or not? But your therapist cannot answer that. Only you. Couple therapy will not save your relationship, but it will help you through to the other side, whatever that may be. One thing's for sure, though, when you've broken up and then you decide to go to couples therapy afterwards, think logically about that for a second. 
<laughs> I've had that. Well, we've broken up, but then we thought we'd come to couples therapy. Well, then you're not a couple anymore. This is an unhealthy connection that you got going on, and the breakup isn't really going in the direction it should be going in. You know, if you come to couples therapy because it's the very last resort, then you've got to say to yourself, what is it you want? Do you want an amicable breakup, or do you want to work this out? Now, if you want to work this out, what are you willing to do to get through? And if you want an amicable breakup, well, then it might be the platform you need to be able to air a few things so you can comfortably move on with your life. But it's not down to the therapist, it's down to you and your engagement. And it is not the answer to save the relationship either. This adds to my breakup diaries, exploring breakups and all the various things that happen within a breakup. I'll be doing more of these on my podcast. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Desiree Shaw. Bye for now. Who is Desiree Shaw? A qualified, registered practicing psychotherapist with over a decade of expertise as a psychotherapist, counselor, and CBT therapist, an expert in men's mental health and relationships, on a mission to make therapy accessible and change the world, one thought at a time. This is the Desiree Shaw Podcast.